Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm Eric Felton. I'm joined today by Michael Warren, White House correspondent, senior writer for the Weekly Standard. Michael, how are you? I'm great, Eric. Thanks for having me. You know, before we we get down to uh, brass tacks here, I should remind any of our listeners who are not already subscribers to the White House Watch column to go to weeklystandard.com. And what do they need to do once they're there? Uh, You can go to uh, either one of my uh, newsletter columns, which is usually up there on the homepage uh, every weekday, or go to newsletters, uh, sign up there, and you'll get in your inbox uh, every day, uh, every morning, uh, Monday through Friday, uh, my White House Watch newsletter, where you'll learn all sorts of things of what's going on in this White House. And even though you can learn all sorts of things from the White House Watch column, there's value added from talking to Michael himself right here in the podcast room. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> so in the most recent edition of the Weekly Standard, Fred Barnes was talking about the split in the GOP between the Trump Republicans and the establishment Republicans. And part of what he had to say was that um, this split really didn't make sense in one fundamental way, which is the agenda being pushed by the Trump Republicans didn't differ significantly from the agenda being pushed by the establishment Republicans. Have they finally come to see that that doesn't make sense? Uh, For now. (laughs) Get back to me at the end of the day, Uh, Eric. I mean, this is, uh, yes, they have. uh, And I think think Monday's uh, uh, sort of uh, lunch summit uh, at the White Monday? House. You had uh, President Trump had Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, the ur establishment figure for the Republican Party. Uh, Mike Pence was there as well, sort of brokering uh, a peace, if you will, uh, between these two men. Let's let's not forget that over the summer there were there was sort of a war of words between McConnell and Trump. Uh, McConnell basically saying uh, uh, Trump didn't help out enough and didn't do enough on health care. And that's why uh, a big reason why it failed. And they were going to push on with tax reform sort of on the Senate's and, and Congress's own schedule, not on the president's. Uh, the president hitting back, uh, some say starting things. Who, who really knows who started these things um, by uh, essentially saying that that Mitch McConnell and the Republicans in Congress weren't getting things done. And uh, he even hit on this as recently as Monday morning in a cabinet meeting where he he said, look, uh, he's frustrated. He's not going to take the blame himself. Trump is uh, is not going to take the blame himself. The fact is that Republicans in Congress aren't getting things done. Um, and, and then and he seemed to endorse the project uh, of Steve Bannon to undercut Mitch McConnell. That's that's right. So the 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 political element of all this is that um there is there is this effort, Steve Bannon, most importantly backed by uh, a, a big Republican mega donor, uh, Bob Mercer and and his daughter Rebecca Mercer, both big uh, conservative donors uh, who are backing Steve Bannon, the former White House uh, advisor's uh, effort to challenge every single incumbent Republican senator except for Ted Cruz uh, in a Republican primary uh, who were up for re-election in 2018, um, and and over the last several months, Trump has. Given some, um, uh, given some cover for this idea, if not specifically for these particular senators, um, Jeff Flake, the Arizona senator, is one that he is sort of actively uh, and publicly said, you know, he wants to uh, wants to uh, uh, get rid of and, and find a that, different that, Republican. That is also plausible for the anti-establishment crowd because Jeff Flake's 
approval rating in Arizona is not particularly robust. And there is a candidate who's already polling significantly better than Flake. That's right, Kelly Ward, who lost the Republican primary to John McCain last time around, but actually not by, not that, not by that much. And um, she's a problematic candidate in many ways, and I think that's a race that, no matter who the Republican is, uh, is very it's it's very possible could go to the Democrat uh, running for that seat. So, um, but the, the the this was this was by the way the lesson of the Tea Party surge in primary candidates back in 2010, and uh, you got a lot of candidates who succeeded at the primary level tapping into disaffected grassroots Republicans, but uh, then who had flaws that made them very easy to beat in the general election. Right. There were a few of those, Sharon Engel in Nevada, um, uh, Christine O'Donnell. In, I'm not a witch. Yeah. Christine, Christina, I'm not a witch, O'Donnell. That's <laughs> if always you have a, to say you're not a witch. Right. That's that's not a good sign for that's your campaign uh, in Delaware. Uh, but let's also think of the flip side of this. I mean, this is the sort of Mitch McConnell uh, uh, establishment Republican line on this is that is that all the primary challengers are Sharon Engels and Christine O'Donnell's. But let's also not forget... Uh, Marco Rubio, who last time I checked, is uh, won his uh, election being a challenger to the, he wasn't an incumbent, but a sort of establishment-backed Republican, Charlie Crist. Um, Crist ended up leaving the uh, Republican Party and running as an independent and losing. Um, but uh, there are others. Ted Cruz in 2012 uh, was challenging, again, not an incumbent, but a uh, establishment-backed candidate David Dewhurst in Texas and Cruz ended up winning um, uh, Pat Toomey in uh, in fact was challenging Arlen Specter an incumbent who uh, a lot of these incumbents end up uh, bolting uh, the Republican Party entirely uh, Arlen Specter went back to the Democratic Party in, in Pennsylvania uh, lost the Democratic primary uh, and Pat Toomey uh, the Republican won the nomination and uh, is now a uh, serving his second term in the Senate uh, and you uh, in Utah Mike Lee uh, challenged Bob Bennett the uh, incumbent uh, Republican senator longtime Republican senator Lee uh, Bennett actually came in third in a um, it wasn't a primary it was a uh, convention uh, Lee came in first and ended up winning that that seat those are deep red states. Uh, uh, except for Florida, uh, but uh, there is an, a, a, another side to this. So, all of that being said, uh, this is a this is a political concern for Mitch McConnell that uh, a, a, a an angry Trump Trump angry with the Republican establishment, the sitting Republicans, a grassroots a base of the Republican Party upset with the Republicans in Congress. Um, could uh, sort of upset things and, uh, and and cause Republicans to lose in some must-win seats in 2018, and that Bannon could be a part of that. So that was all sort of hanging over uh, the meeting yesterday afternoon. And what happened after the meeting was, I think, interesting. There was a joint press conference between uh, or with uh, Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell in the Rose Garden at the White House, and they were best buds. Fest. Yeah. Love fest, best buds, unity, uh, romance. Exactly. Um, we'll see how long it lasts. But uh, I, you know, I'm told there was some talk in that lunch. Um, they were all all principals. I'm told uh, uh, talk in that lunch about the importance of judges and or, or importance of a Republican this, this has controlled been the Senate. Thing that McConnell has been hitting over and over again right. is that the Republican Senate has been crucial not only to getting Neil Gorsuch on the Supreme Court, but will be essential in moving conservative judges all across the country. 
That's right. And um, what I heard in the press conference uh, sort of confirmed what I was told uh, as well, which is this seems to be the unifying factor between these two uh, branches. It's it's it, it's a few other things. They agree on tax reform. They agree on some kind of Re- Obamacare repeal, but what it looks like, nobody can agree on. Um, but what the Trump Republicans and the, for lack of a better term, establishment Republicans agree on is uh, the need to get uh, conservative approved judges. And if you listen to their statements, uh, Donald Trump mentioned uh, a bunch of things that Mitch McConnell didn't mention. He mentioned some kind of economic development package that he hadn't even told anybody yet, uh, including Mitch McConnell, when he sort of just blurted it out at Monday's press conference. Um, uh, there was not a lot of sh- you know, so you asked again, did they come together? Did the two of these uh, groups come together? Well, they came together on judges, at least. And so temporarily, it seems that there seems to, there is a detente uh, between these between these two and that they sort of came to an agreement that uh, if we want to get this one very important issue done, we can't be sniping at each other too much. But how long does that last? Can this era of good feelings survive a failure to achieve tax reform? Uh, that I think is a very, uh, that is the key question. And I think that's what's That's actually, what you come to the Daily Standard podcast for, the key question. The key question. Now let's have the key answer. The key answer I can't provide you yet. No, but I, I do think actually, yes, it's very important. And this is, it's, and the ball really is in Mitch McConnell's court on this. Um, because unlike uh, healthcare, uh, McConnell basically said at the beginning of it all, this is going to be our game. This is going to be the Senate and, and the House to, to take on this tax reform thing. So it, it is his responsibility now to get it passed. And I think if he doesn't, he's in a very difficult position uh, politically because this is a this has been a otherwise very successful uh, Senate majority leader in holding together his, or I should say a Senate leader in the last three years, so Senate majority leader, holding his conference together. But now in this critical moment, this past year or past nine months, uh, he's been unable really to get... Uh, if he can't get tax reform done, he will have been unable to get really anything significant beyond uh, uh, Supreme Court justice and several federal judges uh, done. Uh, and then his future, I think, is is really uncertain. A bromance to watch. Michael Warren, <laughs> White House correspondent, White House watch columnist at the Weekly Standard. Thanks for joining us on the Daily Standard podcast. Thanks, Eric. Support for the Daily Standard podcast comes from the Dollar Shave Club. By now, everybody knows that Dollar Shave Club ships amazing razors for a few bucks. What you might not know, I didn't, is that Dollar Shave Club also has products for pretty much everything else you need in the bathroom. Body wash, shampoo, hair gel. At the store, there are too many options, and you can't tell the differences between any of them. Then if you have any questions, the clerk usually doesn't know the difference either or can't really help you since they are not experts on the products. Dollar Shave Club makes it easy and convenient for you to upgrade your shave and your bathroom. Now you don't have to step foot in a store to get high-quality shave and grooming products. They deliver them right to your door. Just like their razors, everything is super high-quality and will leave you looking and feeling amazing. Now's the time to try out Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, Dollar Shave Club is basically giving away their starter set to new members. For only $5, this starter set features their executive razor and three trial-sized versions of their most popular products that help you stay fresh and clean. After the first box, replacement cartridges are sent for only a few bucks a month. 
This offer is exclusively available at dollarshaveclub.com slash weeklystandard. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash weeklystandard. That's it for today's Daily Standard Podcast. I'm Eric Felton. Catch you next time.